You've been listening to the podcast, the new author, Uncle Michon, I'm Nacho Black from Louisville, Kentucky. This conversation, the family, you're my family. This is Uncle Michon from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I'm the new author here in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm Nacho Black America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming to this podcast. It's the podcast conversation dot family conversation dot family. And welcome to the podcast. You are now part of the family. What I'm actually going to do is uh, I got two good friends of mine. I got my brother that's on the phone, and I got a long time brother who uh, have adopted. He's kind of my older brother here in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, that I've adopted as well. But uh, first, before I bring on him, I'm going to bring on my brother uh, from Florida, my, my, my baby brother. What's up, Trevi Floyd? What's up? Welcome to the pod. This is the first time you've been on the podcast with me, man. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Uncle Me, Sean? Yeah. Don't you call me Uncle Me, Sean, bro. You need that, that Uncle Me, Sean is for everybody. I'm your brother, dude. What you calling, calling me Uncle Me, Sean? Okay. Well, big, big bro. <laughs> I call you Big, big Bro Scooby Doo. <laughs> What's up, man? What's up? How you doing? First time we've been on a podcast like this, there. Say, tell everybody who you are and, and, and where you at and everything, and tell everybody how you surviving down in Florida, real quick. Hey, this is Trevor Floyd. Um, I'm in Orlando, Florida, and we're uh, we're surviving one day at a time. Um. Just doing what we get, what we need to do to make it, make it, uh, make it happen. Man, did you get hit by any of that weather down there, bro? No, we we actually uh, got got bypassed, so it it went up a little higher up in the uh, Big Bend area. So we 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 came out pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about your brother being an author, man? Say you read my book, man. What you what you what 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 you think? You know, did did you ever think you grew up with me? All right. You know, I was 55 years missing from you and everything. Uh, 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 so I came back and I met my grandma, Lily. Oh, man, Lily Bell Floyd, man, what a blessing and everything. But did you ever think your big brother was going to be an author? Actually, I, I, I thought you would, you, would, you would be an author because you, you have a story to tell. And, you know, um. Like they say, there's a lot of people that that leave a lot, and once they once they get to the get to that to that end of the end of the road, and they're standing there, you know, there's a lot of a lot of uh, things that they left on the table. Mm-hmm. So I um I applaud you for 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 taking one of those things off the table and telling your story. Man, you what you talking about, man? This book has served as a therapy to me, man, big time. Let me go ahead and bring on uh, this is uh, this one of my adopted family uh, brothers. This brother and I, we go back a long way. They call him here, you know. This is kind of a little celebrity here. He's a, you know he's popular here in Louisville, Kentucky. There, this is Sir Friendly. Uh, welcome to the podcast of Uncle Mishon, man. What's up, bro? Oh. On the podcast with you, uh, Mishan, and I want to answer the question uh, that your little brother just gave an answer to. I've known you for some 30 years here in Louisville, and it's no way 
that I foreseen that you were going to become this author. There's no way that I could foresee that the words that you wrote down are so inspired. I think you were visit in the middle of the night by some aliens and uh, <laughs> they used you and transported you back to earth with all this knowledge because I didn't see this coming and I'm still amazed as to the work that you put down and as an author I'm I'm totally inspired myself I, I'm almost ready to go and put my my story down because of what you did Oh uh, man, I'm, in, you, you, I'm inspiring you to think about it. You think you got a book or two? Well, you inspired me because, uh, as your little brother said, we all got a story to tell. You know, whether we'll take the time to tell that story like you just did is is the question. But I, I'm just totally amazed by this body of work that you put together. Even the title, I'm Not Your Black America, I thought it was controversial at first, but now that I've read uh, the book and understand where you're coming from, the title was perfect. Did you come up with that yourself? Yeah, actually, I did. I actually sent the title off of uh, uh, James Baldwin when he said, I'm not your Negro, okay? When and you when you study what James Baldwin was talking about and you go and really listen to him, he was talking about a time in the 60s where here he was living in Europe, okay? Here living in Europe, he can go anywhere in Europe and everybody treat him with so much love and respect. But the moment that he comes back to America, you know what he's reminded, little bro? He's reminded that he's an end. Yeah, you know that's not the word I want to say. He reminded that he's an end. And right. That N-word, okay? And so... You know, and then this brother, and I'm going to go here, man. I'm going to clown with this, but the brother's gay, okay? So you think about this. Let me just clown a little bit on this, man. Imagine how he felt, okay? You get all intimate with someone. You just done all your intimate stuff with somebody and everything. You get all cleaned up and everything, all washed up and everything, and y'all go out to eat and everything, and you get to go in the good, you know, and you hanging out with all these European white folks and white males and everything. And you go downstairs and go and go try to go in the restaurant. And the first thing they just what? They just remind you are what? Like that. Right. Now, you've just been intimate with these dudes, right? Exactly. Do you understand? You, you, I actually felt his pain. He was talking about, talking about how you know he walking around here, you know, you know, rolling with all these folks and everything, and everything, you know, doing all this stuff, and then you can't even walk in a restaurant. You gotta, you being treated less than they tell your friends. Tell you know, bro, we we don't want no trouble. You know, listen up, man. You know, or 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 they not even willing to stand up for you. Imagine how that had to feel. Okay. Well, I think you and your little brother and I, we both can imagine how that feels because it's still going on today, and it's not been erased. Mm-hmm. Uh, we 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 can both spout out instances uh, to where we experienced that type of treatment even 
in 2023. It's not gone anywhere. And, uh, you know, and I think it's a failure that the problem is we just, you know, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an understanding when I realized doing the research is that, you know, and, bro, I want you to speak to this, man. Some of we did not know what we didn't know. So as much as, uh, as much as we celebrate that we have come so far, but what have you like to know that maybe all you was just operating within the box? Maybe you didn't really, maybe you wasn't really pushing the envelope as, far, as hard as you thought you was. Maybe because if you was, you would, we would have got the respect that we deserve to be treated with the respect. We wouldn't have to do what took place in Montgomery, Alabama, everything, because they would have known that, hey, you don't, you don't come at us that way. But it's still this attitude that people can treat us any way they want to. And I believe it starts with what happened with that on Roots. You know, y'all, you know, y'all, y'all read my book. It's in my book about Roots. I think it's the lie and everything that when when Kuta Kente, when Kuta Kente was sitting up there, uh, 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 wanted to maintain his name, and the guy whipped him to make him accept Toby. I think we never addressed that, bro. What you think, man? We, do you think we really? We have never addressed that. What you think, bro? Well, I think of it like this. Uh, when you look at even in the professional society as we think of our athletes, our actors, and and even professional, you no know, professional people, doctors, lawyers, that regardless of what we do, and regardless of our status, we're always going to be thought of as the N-word, you know, no matter how high, how high our status becomes, you know, you, you have athletes that make millions of dollars and these people, while they're out in the spotlight, they get praised and they get accolades and they get loved and everything by these people, by society and by quote unquote, you no, know, the white folks. But then as soon as they no longer are in that spotlight. They just they just did, uh, uh, another nigga. Hmm. You know? I think you make. I think you're right. I think you're right. So they get all the accolades, or they get used and played, and everything. But as long as soon as as soon as they get beyond all that, they return to being another nigga, right? That's what you're talking about, right? Exactly. No matter how much money you got. No, you can you can look at uh, as for instance uh, Kanye West when he started speaking out his truth and speaking out his from from the heart, they wanted to take everything from him. They they felt like you know as long as we can strip him, you know, we we just we just pulling down another another black man. You know when he was when he was uh, conforming to. Everything uh, he needed to conform to, as as far as the Kardashians, you know, wanted him to comply and conform to. He was he was loved and he was loved by everybody. He was but like that, that movie in the movie. You're a good nigga. You're good. Exactly. You're a good nigga. You're Toby. As soon as Kuta Kunte said Toby, what did he say? Good nigga. Good nigga. But but then as soon as he soon as he started speaking his truth and speaking his heart, they stripped everything from him and they felt like they could break him. But the one thing that I, that I realized and that I understand is from a black 
standpoint and as a black man, as a black I don't say I don't say American or as as just you're not average black man, everybody has their their truth. And when once you start speaking your truth, they don't like that. Mm. Hey Ray, what do you say to that man? Well, first of all, when President Obama achieved the highest office in the land, even while he was in office, they were so disrespectful to him. They did things to him and at him that they never done to any president before him. Amen. And, and I think everyone applauds the classiness of how he handled that, both privately and publicly. He always made us as a race look good. But your book, Nishan, um, Not Your Black, is revolutionary. You need to be on every talk show talking about I'm tired of this color construct that you put me in. You want to put me in this little box that I'm a black man. No, I'm a man first. I'm a 100% man first. That may be what Europeans refer to as black, but I'm a man. And if right. you treat me as a man first, then half the ills that we deal with right now in America would go away immediately, which makes your book revolutionary because I, for one, never thought of it like that before. I was conditioned all my life to think of myself as a black man. Even when I was a police, I was a black police officer. I've right. never I've never been treated as I'm a man, uh, period. I've always had that adjective, black, somewhere involved. When I was a Marine, I was a black Marine. You know, that adjective followed me my whole life. And, and if you're successful, even raising the conscience of getting rid of the color construct. Because, see, these, this, this concept of yours, I never even heard of color construct before. So, you know, in your book, you have taught me some things I didn't even know. And that's what makes your book revolutionary. I, I, don't, I don't think you're getting enough exposure for what you're trying to do with this book. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, I feel like if, if, if we as, 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 as black men were allowed to speak our words and speak our truth the same way that a white man is is allowed to speak his truth and to and hey, I want to just a minute, bro. I want to welcome Adolf to the conversation. We are currently right now live having a conversation, Adolf, and I want to bring you in. We're talking about my book. We're talking about uh, I'm not so black American. We're talking about the color construct. We're talking about the ideology of uh, the being in this box and everything, and and finally realizing that we need to get from out of the box. Who's on the line with us, Adolph? You got Ray Barker that's here. 
Officer Friendly. You got my little brother, which you're going to probably like this week. You can see. Now, now I'm Trevi. I just want to preface you. This is Adolf. So I, I'm, I'm making apologies for him now. You know, he may act a little crazy and everything. So I'm just, you know, making some apologies for him and everything right now. Because <laughs> he might be saying some things and everything. I just want to give you some other. Right now, I make the apologies for him now, okay? <laughs> All in advance, huh? Welcome to the conversation, Dot Family, Adolf. But I, before I pray to get Adolf here, I want to go back to my little brother when he was saying, because, you know, I, you know now, now, this is not a chastise, this is just an educational thing, what I'm about to say. Brother, we got to condition ourselves to stop saying that we're black. We got to stop saying that they're white. We literally got to stop using the terminology to show that we're no longer captured in the color construct. It's kind of like the movie Get Out, okay? The guy didn't know he was captured into the flash. The flash kicked in, and what was the first thing he said? Get out! Get out! Okay, y'all remember the movie Get Out? Yeah. Yes. Remember, he didn't know that he was captured. And now I'm saying that, and Ray, what you're saying, you didn't know. You said you've been you've been walking with that adjective, a black Marine, black police officer, black this, black that. Well, you didn't know you was captured. You didn't know. You didn't know that you was living within the box. You were just doing what everybody passed on to you. You was passed on that behavior, that ideology, everything. So we got to learn and understand that the only way we can make them see us as a man, we got to be willing to re-identify. That's why I talk about we have to learn how to learn how to unlearn and relearn, okay? And so I, you know, you know, that's the key to my book, brother. So that does that make sense, Trev? Oh uh, yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, well, like I was saying, as 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 what's going on in in my state in Florida, you know, we have a governor that that feels as though he can he can uh, delegate and monopolize the the word of of no matter whether it's a, a man or woman because he every every politician or every person that's in a political position whether it's attorney general or congressman congresswoman that he can he can censorship their words and their truths on what's going on in America and I feel like that we need to speak up and we need to continue to voice our words and voice our truths into what's going into on. Reality. In the world. Into reality. Yeah. We need to be willing to tell Ron DeSantis or somebody say the devil, Ron the devil, okay, that we're no longer your black. We're no longer your black and you don't get to control identity anymore. We need someone need to tell them that we are American descendants of slaves. We are descendants of American slaves. We want to connect to our ancestors, the, the original American slaves that came out of 1619 all the way to 1865. And so with that, I'm going to go ahead and get Adolf in this conversation. So 
you know, Adolf, you read my book. When you first read it and you heard me say, I'm not your black America, you know, you know, did you, first of all, you've been knowing me, Adolf is another one of these brothers been knowing me quite a long time. I mean, uh, I would say Adolf Lowe has known me longer than Ray. Okay. Uh, uh, and cause, uh, yeah, cause I arrived to Louisville before Sir Friendly even knew who I was, and uh, I met Adolf with one of my partners, and they said, yeah, home, yeah, yeah brother. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Adolf met me when I was rolling with this brother named Warren Williams. He was from Miami, too, brother. Uh, he grew up, they used to call him the Rock, uh, uh, Trevi. This dude can play basketball. He was he was all that, bro. And, 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 and Adolf met me. He was my best friend, bro. He was my best friend. So Adolf, he's been knowing me the longest. That's why I can clown with him like I can clown with him. So did you ever think when you met me, bro, that I was going to write a book? Come on, just go ahead. Keep it real. Did you ever think that a book, there was a book in me? Well, let me say this, You You make it seem that I've been knowing you for so long that it's like a trophy. Actually, Knowing you that long, knowing you this long, is more like uh, it was a challenge. Let's say it's a challenge knowing you this long, and to continue to know you for even longer is an even bigger challenge. But to answer your question, did I think that you had the intellect, the tenacity, the the perseverance to write a book? Didn't see it in you. But I am surprised because uh, – I don't have a crystal ball, so I am surprised that you did write a book. But am I surprised what you put in it? Not at all. All these things that you put in this book are things that are within you, and I understand that. And you're getting it out. You put it out for all your friends and all your enemies and everybody else in between to see. And and that's part of your legacy. This book will always be a part of your legacy uh, for uh, for all to read, even when we are all gone, uh, this book will be in somebody's library. Maybe not in Florida's library, but we'll be in somebody's <laughs> library in the United States and across the world, and somebody will pick it up and read it. So, hey, Adolf, just out of your, just from the top of your head, I want to hear, when you first heard me say, I'm not your black American, what did you think? You know, when I first told you that was going to be the name of my book. When you first told me, I, it had me thinking of, I think it's uh, Dick Gregory. Oh, James Baldwin. So he's going uh, to James Dick Baldwin. Gregory, James Baldwin. James Baldwin. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And, that, and and that's where I understand that you probably got the concept from. But uh, you were very big on not being called black. And this is right up your alley. And now you're trying to explain to everybody why – uh, it's a color construct, and, and, and I, I understand where you're coming from, but uh, to your point, and to your point, let me say this, and to your point, things that are associated with black, unfortunately, have been very, uh, have negative connotations to be blackballed, a black eye. Um, there's, there's Black list. Black there's, hole. Black hole. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. There's, yeah. There's a long list of things that have negative connotations when it becomes when you when you label things to be black. 
uh, and, and that's unfortunate the way we see things here in the United States. I don't know if it's like that in other in other countries, but here in, in which we live, <clears throat> it's unfortunate. And to be just to be called that color black does carry a negative connotation. But I I, I see to me personally, I just see it as just a little bit more. It's the person from within, regardless of your skin color, the person within. Uh, you're labeled by your character and you're labeled by your deeds, which you do. I think that speaks louder. Yes, but that, that you, but, but, but brother, you, that sounds all good and all, but when you got a system, and this is for Ray, that's what Ray was just talking about, you know, all his life, you know, Ray, speak that again, because I don't think Adolf heard that. That was powerful what you said, Ray. Right, and, and what I said, Adolf, and you're right about all the negative connotations that's associated with black. And the one that scares mo- most people is when you think about death, that's associated with black, blackness. Now, you know, there's a void, but what I told Mishan is my whole life, uh, the adjective black has always been present. You know, I, I was the smartest black kid in my class. I was a black Marine. I was a black police officer. And when Nishan wrote this book that I'm not your black, uh, it woke up something in me. Something uh, so powerful that I want to scream to folks, you know, don't use that adjective with me anymore. You know, he was the best police officer, not the best black police officer. He was a powerful Marine or a good Marine, not a good black marine. No, he, he was a he, smart, he, intelligent kid in school, not the black smart kid, right? Exactly. Right. And so he's on to something here, but he's got to get it to a larger audience so that this can become a conversation instead of in the backyard of Louisville, Kentucky. And, and it's beyond me how he can start this national conversation uh, without leaving Kentucky for a little bit. He may need to take him and his book up to New York or California uh, to where he can light the fire or start the spark uh, on this conversation on a national level. So you know, I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump in there and try to get this thing moving on and moving like. So uh, we've been talking about I'm not your black. Uh, you, you, yours truly, Uncle Me, Sean. Uh, I wrote this book, America's Little Black Book, is where I got inspired from with Dr. Noah Schultz, and it was there that mm-hmm. I really got a handle on the idea that uh, I'm not black. I'm not an African American. I'm not that individual. I'm so much more. And Dr. Noah Shelton really laid it out in America's Little Black Book when he specifically talked about how the economics of this country, uh, this country used free labor, and they had the intention to keep us from not knowing what our birthright and our birthplace and our inheritance. And they knew exactly that the first generation of slaves from 1619 to 1865 did not get no reparation, but they also knew that this government kept all the wealth that they received from the first generation of slaves, and they invested it into the infrastructure of 
generation from 1619 to 1865 is not our terminology in the 21st century when you consider the idea that America in 1871 reincorporated and that's when they became the uh, United States of America. I want to ask you how many of you on this line understood that there was an America and then there became a United States of America. And if the what took place in America when America when America did what they did in America, but when America transformed into the United States of America, they took all the wealth from the 15 original slave states and they invested it into the infrastructure of America. And that the moment that they did that, we became shareholders in this country. We have an inheritance. I want to know how many of you all can understand that, internalize that conversation. Trevor, what, what, what you say? Can you can you process and and and, and visualize that makes sense? Yeah, I can uh, I can understand that and that that makes sense. And also, I want to understand why where you had back then you had Black Wall Street, where you had. Black, in 1921, right. Exactly. Black people that were making their own money and invested into their own businesses and companies and land and building and growing. But that is never discussed or that is never brought up in the United States of America. That is not brought up in, in our history as people that build wealth, generational wealth that was taken away from them. Stolen from them. Exactly. Destroyed. Yes. So I I I this is that 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 is something that I that I would never understand as far as why is it that we are never given credit for our intellect and our astuteness, but we're always given credit for our athleticism. And I want to use your words credit uh, as a uh, a gateway to uh, the next point I want to make. I mean, Sean, you said that you read Dr. Shelton's uh, Little Black Book and that inspired you. And I read that book, too. And the concept that he came up with, American Descendants of Slaves, uh, was so unique that I bought into it instantly just like I'm buying into your color construct. And, but here's the difference. Mr. Shelton never gave anyone any opportunity to buy into his concept, and now it's spreading all over the United States, and he's looked at maybe like the father of this movement, but that's as far as it's going. And your color construct will be just as large, and you've got to get in front of this so that, like your little brother said, so that you can get credit for this thing when it when it climaxes. Because right now, uh, it's a new act, it's a new concept, and but when it catches on fire and when it finally catches on in the national level, you got to make sure you're the one that's riding the wave and getting credit for it. 
but you know, and 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 let me caution. This is something that I you know, and I think Adolf's gonna understand what I said. Adolf hear me talk about this all the time, and I think this is where my military come into play. I've come to realize that I've already been a leader. I've already been out front. I've already have accomplished and achieved way more than I could imagine and everything. So what I've come to realize is that I'm no longer interested in me being out front. What I am interested in, those that's what's in my book. You know, it's in my book. I'm literally, and actually people have actually said this to me in my memoirs. He said, uh, I've had multiple people say to me, me, Sean, you have left your book open, not that you have given the total answer, but you have left it open for others to take lead to do something with it. So that's what I'm really doing. It's not. Let me be very clear, okay? I am, it's not about me getting out front. It's about those like all of you are and all the listeners and everything. It's about you all saying, oh, snack. Man, Uncle Nisha on saying something. Oh, my God. Let me walk. Let let me run with this thing. It's like I'm I'm throwing on the pass. I mean, I'm throwing the pass. I'm throwing a, a baton. Okay, hey, I'm I'm just trying to help some folks to lift up. Hey, dog, you 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 and I talked about this, man. Because you you're key. I I listen to you talk about that. Cause that's where I'm at. Okay, you know, it's not about me trying to get that. You know, that we've seen that too often. We got the poverty pimping preachers. We got the, you know, we got the, uh, the everybody, the politicians, everybody want to be in the high. That brother, you know, I'm good. I, I'm so good. God has blessed me. What I'm trying to do is try to get those people who ain't never been to the, maybe who need a, a new spark, somebody that needs something to fire them up to get engaged and everything. Adolf, you want to jump in there? You follow oh, what I'm oh, talking about? Mishan, Mishan. I've got to let you know. I've got to jump off right now. Right. I've got another meeting to attend, but please call me back and let me be a part of your uh, podcast in the future. I enjoy this thoroughly. I appreciate you being here. That's so friendly, my brother. Okay, Thank thanks you. For, thanks for adding your your piece and your part in this. Uh, 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 we will be doing this some more. Hey, go ahead, Adolf. Well, I know that we talked about it. And I'm the kind of guy, I feel like on the fence because when I think about when people use the word black, it has its positive connotations too. Because when you talk about financials, you want to be in the black right. rather than be in the red. I mean, there's, 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 there's few things that uh, when you use that, it's, it's the person that, that uses it and what they're meaning by it. Like right now, they got the Black Panther. Love the Black Panther. It's just not called the Panther. It's called the Black Panther, and he separates himself from the rest. So when, when we talk, when we talk, it's in a, it's in the sense that you just don't want to be labeled by a color. There's more to you than just the color, and you want to express that very much because you hear it so much. Everybody's addressed by being black this, black that. And it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. Every other sovereignty uh, of people are known by their country. Right. Us here are not. We're just known by being Negroes. There is no black country. Name me a black continent. You know, what, what, what's the name of what, what country out here named black? It's, on, it's only a sea. And that's the only color that I know is, is the black sea. And there's no people that come from there. So... 
to be associated and affiliated with a country is where you want it's it's what most people are most ethnicities are it's associated with right from. exactly and, and and so I know that you do you pushing this concept that you no longer want to be called by that color and and, and I can for the most part uh, identify with you when you do that but it's such a larger fight because for years we've been indoctrinated for this I mean in centuries not for years just for centuries we've been indoctrinated by it and so it, it's so do you have, so I'm gonna ask you the question okay let's just ask the blunt question do you think it's an impossible thing from your perspective do you think it's impossible now caution what you about to say okay because I just I recently just saw I, I just I say did. in my lifetime I'm gonna say this in my lifetime I think it will be in I won't see it for people to get to stop using the term black to refer to black people even other blacks to refer to other blacks as black people. I don't think I will see that in my lifetime because, you know, it's kind of unfortunate now. It's common to hear blacks not only on radio, but on TV now are referring to each other as Negroes. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, but that term is being. What about the N word? You think the yeah, N word could always be with us? You think the N word calling ourselves a nigga is always going to be with us? Unfortunately, I think so because now they're making it a common word now because they use it in rap. That's common. They use it on TV. Comedians use it, uh, and the younger generations are. But using why? It. But you know, let's talk about why are they using it? They're using it because I talked to some young people. And I'm gonna get my brother in there. Why they're using it? They're using it out of ignorance. They don't know why they, they've been they've been conditioned to buy into something that they had no clue. The 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 uh, they had no clue where it comes from. It's kind of like what's in my book. When you go and realize that uh, Africa, the continent of Africa, have about 800 different cultures, but the European country that came in, invaded that country, came in and slapped them with the color of black. They slapped them with the color of Negro. They slapped them with the color of that, and it wiped away their whole whole culture identity everything about them and we continue perpetuating that not realizing that there's so much more about us that is not black so sorry time when we say that we black we are saying that the dominant european culture was, was correct we too ignorant to understand that it's more about us than the, just the color of our skin so every time you say that you black this is what i say in my book too talking about the idea uh, we didn't name ourselves black. It's kind of like that Roots movie. You know, we were whipped to accept Toby. We were well, whipped to accept black. Well, bro, bro, let me brother, go ahead. Brother, the only thing that the the only thing that I can say when it comes to that is that because of that slave mentality, they separated us and they brought that division between us. Because when you when you had a house nigga. And the field niggas that mm-hmm. separated that separated the the bond that everybody was was one. So Correct. we have that in society. When you get up to a certain level, where you have rappers and athletes and actors, they want to separate. They, right. They feel like they're at a certain level, and you have that as they call it, the crab in the pot mentality, where everybody who's rising to the top. Everybody's trying to pull them down, but if we have that that bond and that cohesion that you might get in the Jewish community and right. the, 
in the Chinese community, Asian community, the Asian community, Mexican. or the, the Mexican community. You know, I lived around. Let me tell you some a, a story. I lived with next door to a a Mexican family. There was twelve people in a two bedroom house, a two bedroom apartment. These people put their money together, right? And every month, they sent a family back to Mexico with a certain amount of money that they had already built the house and built land and had them set up where they would be able to make it. So each and every person in that household conformed together. We have never, we have always been brainwashed to not conform together. Absolutely. They, they learned how to be a seed to each other. Exactly. That's what you're talking about. They learned how to be a seed. I've seen them, uh, you know, I can spin off of the same thing, Adolf. Uh, you know, remember Les? Uh, Les, who had the restaurant down in the, on the West End uh, on Broadway. And uh, 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 I can't think of the name of the restaurant, but I, uh, I met him. And I had a question that I wanted to ask him. I wanted to ask him. How does someone from Lebanon come all the way from Lebanon and your brothers, your other brother, and you got businesses in my community? And I wanted to know that. But I realized, and I realized that he didn't know me that well, so I had to take a little while to word and infiltrate. I had to infiltrate him to become his friend. So I you mean his confidence. You had to win his confidence, man. Yeah, no, nah, I'm going to, okay, good word, good word, I, but I'm going to still say I'm a military. I had to infiltrate, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had, I, and so, I, you know, because, you know, I, I know how to drink, you know, I know okay. how to jive, I know how to clown there, so for, I think it was over a month, over a course of six months, then all of a sudden, you know, you kind of forget, and then, hey, Travis, it was kind of like, darn, it kid. It came back to me. We were sitting up there with just a moment of we were clowning and having a good time, and the spirit hit me and said, boom, good time. You can ask him. Go ahead and ask him. And I did. I said, yo, Les, man, what's up, man? Listen up, dude. Let me ask you this question, man, and don't be asking, man. You know, I want you to tell me the real deal. You know, tell me straight up. I said, he said, go ahead, me, me, Sean, you go ahead and ask me anything you want. I said, okay, cool. I said, what's up? I want to ask you, dude, how do you get a business in the in our community and your brothers and everything? How, how did that conversation start in Lebanon that you found your way in in my neighborhood and everything for the business and everything? And let me tell you, uh, Adolph and Trevor, man, let me explain. He paused. It's almost you can see his you can see his you can see his face expression. Okay. I had asked him. He didn't see that one coming, Trev. Adolf, he didn't see that one coming, bro. He didn't see that one coming. Right, right. He didn't see it. So he he cut up in the chair, man, and he looked at me. He said, um, said, well, I got to tell you. He says, uh, I come from Lebanon. Bad country, man. Bad place, man. Me, you know, it's bad. You know, I was raised in that. So we looking for opportunity. He said we looking for opportunity, and so opportunities in America. He said in America. He said, but the word is is that we had plenty of other people who have come to America 
And the word is, is that we knew that we our opportunity is not in the white environment because they won't allow us to build a restaurant. They won't allow us to do anything. We try. We can live out there with them, but we can't. They will not support us in front. The only people that we can do that in is in your community. So right. they, I like. So he said they started way back then. What my brother was saying. The difference is they started back then doing what they do to the Mexicans was doing here. They started saving up money, sending people to Miami, I mean to to America, to get businesses and open up, right. buy homes and do the things. And they started infiltrating. He said, he said we don't even want to hire the men. We are hire your women. We don't want to hire the men. I'm like, whoa. He was like, we don't want to hire the men. We don't hire your women. And you be the, they be the storefront. And what do we, I said, but y'all don't drink. Y'all don't smoke. Y'all don't eat that pork. Y'all don't eat. He said, yeah, we bring in stuff and sell you your stuff. But this is where he got deep. He said, can I tell you something else? He said, yeah. He said, I don't know what stuff about your culture about change. Y'all seem like taking your change is beneath you. You know, you don't like taking your change. Like you just go change out there and you say, keep it, keep it. He said, well, they stopped making the habit. They don't have to report change. He said, we make good income right. from the change. Right. Let, let me say this, Rashawn, and, and, and maybe this might answer some stuff with that. And the reason is why they can come into the to the, um, the cities of American community, our neighborhood, is because we don't own anything. Exactly. The Caucasians in their community, they own property, they own businesses, Five. they own land, and they and they pretty much run the government. But when you come to a a ghetto, or when you come to a a, um, a black neighborhood, we don't own we don't own that land. We're paying it through the banks. Wow. We own the businesses. We we all own the businesses. And when you don't own that property and you don't own the resources. First yeah, of all, you can come in there and set up. You talk about the mentality. Yeah, you talk about the mentality. Yeah, you have a you have a rich mentality and not an ownership mentality. That's, you, that's exactly right. Right there, yeah, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And and that came all the way back from from the slave days when you had certain slaves that were willing to buy land and to to own that property that they were that they had to, to work on and to work off of and the the master was willing to, to 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 sell that land to them but then you had others that were right there beside them that once they saw you buy that property and buy that land they were against you. Right. That 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 was the separation just like I said between the house between the house Negro and the field Negro when the field Negro always felt like, oh, the house Negro was better, and that they 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 came to more privileges and everything. Instead of saying, look, this person has the access and the opportunity to grow something that we can build together. Right. We can grow together, and and we can we can we can own our own. You know, they they didn't have that mentality. They was taught, at, or it was beaten into them to hate that that other side 
that Cain and Abel mentality that uh, right. many of us don't talk about it. And then we talk about that Cain and Abel, okay? Uh, 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 being envious of Abel and not realizing that Abel got favor, you know, don't be envious of it, but learn what it is. But we also got to kick this in because, you know, we had a system that was working against us as well. So as much as we might, some of those, like like you already mentioned, bro, you talk about uh, Black Wall Street, but there are all Florida, even in Louisville, Kentucky, and there, there were many people who did try to strive and make things happen and do things. But when you had a systematic system, and I know this is where Adolf, he's, he, he, he speaks about this all. There is, I, there is no lie that there is a systematic system, and it starts, and I believe it begins, surrounded around the color construct. Okay, when you got people in the back of my book, if y'all didn't repeat this, I actually, I, I'm going to say something and then I keep it 100. I love when my dominant European culture read the back of my book. Okay, when you read the back of the book, you immediately know this is a serious book. If y'all not read the back of the book, the back of the book sets you up to let you know you caution, caution. You going into something, you hey, you going into something about the about the about the share. So it it talks about the color construct. It talks about first glance past. I immediately on the back of my book says Jews. Jews are the most dominant European. See, we they they love that we love fighting by color. Why they get to skate, they get to pass as white. Playing themselves as white when they know they're immigrant. Uh, come on, bro. Y'all got to understand what I'm saying, okay? They know they're an immigrant, but what they do, they pass themselves as white. Yeah. And they, they control the stuff. See, nobody will talk about this, but I, I go right in, okay? So the back of my book, I go right in. Talking yeah, well, about here. People are talking about it, Michonne. People are talking about it, but there's, some t- there's plenty of instances where there's a price to pay. Ask Nick Cannon. Ask Kanye West. Ask um, people. Look at you. about that. What about <laughs> Dave Chappelle? Dave Chappelle kind of had talked about it when he wouldn't put on that dress. Then, come then, on, bro. When he wouldn't put on that dress. The guys, and, and, you got um, uh, the basketball player. LeBron. Um, what's that? LeBron. LeBron. No, 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 no. The guard. Oh, uh, um, Irving, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Oh, yeah, yes. You know, the, yeah. when you make certain comments, and, and it always comes back from when you talk about uh, um, uh, um, Farrakhan. When you, when you talk about the Jews, man, you've you got to be careful. you got to understand, man, the Jews and, and, and the financial market, man, they go hand in hand. And I bet you can't name me three Jewish people that are in prison. You probably name one, but you can't name three. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but you, but you know the whole, the whole con, the whole concept to that is they stick together. Exactly. Say that again. One, exactly. one down, if it's one down low, the other, the others up above gonna pull them up, and yeah. that's yeah. the one thing that we don't do. If we get, if we get hit, say like Kanye, when Kanye started talking about things, when Kyrie started talking about things, nobody stood up with them. Well, okay. you had a few, but the few that you had didn't make it. I mean, didn't make a dent. Exactly. You had, you had a few, but they didn't make a dent, man. What you about know? IQ? Exactly. No. What about the contract with Black America? Here's this brother brought a contract with Black America. 
how many of us really got behind? How many people of wealth really got behind that contract with Black America, man? No, they won't. They won't, man. Let, let me tell you. Let me you, you read it. Have you read it, Trevi? Have you read it uh, uh, at all? The contract with Black America. Yeah, but I, once I read it, I will be. But here's the case, man. Here's the case. What I'm trying to say to you. Now, what I you're saying that, that will we ever get rid of? Will we get rid of the term uh, of black? And right. will we get rid of uh, those terms? One term that I think that you don't hear as much being called colored. I think yeah. that's one term that's kind of died down. Right. But black, you're not the first one to try to do it. I tell you who tried to do it and try to change it, and make it a good thing. And that thing was James Brown. He made you say you say black and you're proud. Yeah, but All we right. was operating our ignorance though. You know what I mean? I, we yeah. were operating our emotions. And he's also pushing with the term of black is beautiful. And yeah, so we, again, we have those were terms they used in the, in the 50s and the 60s. They were trying to try to reverse it to make it mean a positive thing, to be proud. If you're black, to be proud of it. And yeah, but, but again, I must say this. I must say this again, man. It's just like playing a game of chess, man. I mean, the person who operates in the emotions, don't win the game, dude. Uh, the ones who know how to play that game chess unemotionally attached, okay, and you play that game and everything, wins the game. So but James Brown had a hell of a platform, and he was going around the world. Don't get me wrong. Doing his time, you do realize that the president or the governor, that they actually asked him because our folks is about to go off. I mean, they needed something. Right, right. They, You're they right. They needed they something asked. To, 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 to calm the nerves, or the, not to get the natives to go off. So, yes, yes, he was used. So I would say he was pimped, okay? And, and at that time, he was the best person to make that happen. But, again, paradigm shift. What is the next paradigm shift? And as we... Get ready to close this show and everything. That's what I'm going to close out. I want to hear each and every one of you read. If you read my book, both of y'all have read my book, okay? And I specifically mm-hmm. talked about the paradigm shift, okay? I want to know, as we closing out, you know, uh, you've been listening to Uncle Me, Sean. I'm the new author here in Louisville, Kentucky, talking about I'm not so black American. And, when, and, one of, and within my book, I talk about a paradigm shift. Talk about the color shock. I want to know: Is there a new paradigm shift in it? Could this could this be a pair? Could I want to ask you this too? Could Montgomery, Alabama, serve as a new paradigm shift? I want to get I want to get I want to get uh, Ed off and then Trevi. Y'all, we y'all making your closing statements to close this show out. So based on that, could Montgomery, Alabama, be a pair? What is the next? paradigm shift? What could potentially move us to change? Adolf? I would say this. Uh, Montgomery, Alabama would not be a paradigm shift because they did not prosecute any of those people. Those people got off. So there was no uh, consequences to what those uh, white people did and that scuffle that black people did with the white people. No consequences as as far as uh, the government is concerned. The laws Nobody got prosecuted. So it, it was all a show. Unfortunately, it was all a show. Unless I hear about somebody getting prosecuted, I, I hadn't heard anything about that. I heard that they got off. Everybody got off. Nobody was prosecuted. Uh, and as far as one of the things I want to say real quick, man, 
we all been indoctrinated by the churches, and that's and I think that's one of the big things uh, that the black people will always revert back to, and we don't own anything. We, we give our money to the churches. Right, right. Well, so, I would say before you I would, go, Adolf, you know, I want to ask. I need to, to lean on. Do you think? What do you think? Is there a paradigm shift that can? Do you believe? There's a paradigm shift that can there, I think there will be with the young people. I think with the new millennials, I think there will be a paradigm shift because they don't see things that we do and they don't do the things that we've done when we were growing up. There, there is with with the new technology and AI and, and with the cell phone, there is a paradigm shift. It's just that we have to stand back far enough so we can see it. Mm, okay, go ahead, Trev. Jump in there. I, I agree with that, and um, you know, with the with with all the modern technology and what um, the young people have learned to understand, um, as far as they can own their own and they can be their own bosses, I, I believe that there will be a paradigm shift. But um, going back to the uh, Montgomery, Alabama, I I never believe that because Montgomery, Alabama is is, is set set in stone yes set in stone as far as um and and i believe the same thing that's going on in florida you cannot you 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 cannot get a word in and and make a make a shift if your word is not heard you know because if 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 you have people that that's in congress and councilmen councilwomen that when they decide to voice their 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 opinions and when they start to uh to say what the changes that need to be done uh going back from from slavery but then they get put in get locked in basements and they get taken out of their positions there's never going to be a paradigm shift when it comes to that mm. Mm. so uh, with that being said, you know, that sounds like we still got work we got to do. We got, uh, there's things that need to still occur. I'm going to put it on out there right now, okay? And I've been saying, this is this is Morpheus Uncle Me, Sean. I'm going to say to you that my book represents the red. If you want to be more astute, okay, you will read my book, okay? That's red. If you want to be less astute and you want to just believe that there's no hope, don't read my book. I truly believe that if you read my book, you're gonna come out of there with a little, little, little bit more hope than you had before you read my book. And that's what I'm gonna close with this conversation. I want to thank my my brother Adolf, you know, for coming on board. I want to thank my little brother. 55 away, 55 years we're separated, bro, but it's not like we've not separated. We, we back and we hooked up to go on and do what we're going to do, man. I appreciate you being on the show with me, man. This is that, uh, and we're we going to have to do this some more, man. Did you have a good time, Trevor? Yes, I did. I appreciate you having me. Okay. What about you, Adolph? Did you have a good time? Yeah, I'm on here with a millionaire. Yeah, I have a real good time. <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said, this is the Uncle Mishaw coming at you from Louisville, Kentucky. We've just been having a conversation because we're family. This has been the podcast, conversation.family. Welcome to the family because we're family. I hope each and every one of you will tune in and come back. Uh, we got some uh, things going on. We're blowing up on uh, 
on on uh, TikTok. Uh, bro, bro, y'all need to pay attention to what's going on TikTok, man. I got a couple shows that got 500 and something hits on it already, bro. And I'm excited. And guess who got it? I had to call Goldie. Goldie got a shot, talker. He got 500 and something hits talking about what he was talking about, bro. So, uh, so there are people actually listening to the conversation. There are people actually paying attention to Uncle Me, Sean. So I appreciate that. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're going to have some ways you can support us through God's Lives Matter. We're going to have a little tag to subscribe to us. You know, let us know what you think about us every day by subscribing to us and everything. So with that being said, uh, any last words y'all want to say? Uh, only thing I want to say is um... keep it going. I just want to say colored people, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, keep it going, Michonne. Keep it going. Hopefully the uh next show will be bigger and better and hope you get a following audience. But uh let's keep everything uh reality. Keep keep the topics on the reality. On the reality. I like that's that's well said, Ed. Uh, well said. Because you know, everybody like a little sensation, everybody like a little entertainment and everything. Exactly. But they will end but everybody is searching for truth. That's right. Everybody is searching some truth and reality. So with that being said, this is your Uncle Me, Sean, from Louisville, Kentucky, the new author, I'm Not Your Black America. We out. Welcome to the family. Peace out. You've been listening to the podcast, the new author, Uncle Me, Sean, I'm Not Your Black, from Louisville, Kentucky. This conversation, the family, you're my family.